also, here's the thing. On Monday night, I watched Nightwave. And believe it or not, I actually sent Mersh a message. And he replied. It's the first time I've spoken to Mersh directly in quite some time. Uh, I'll show it to you, actually. Here's my Discord. And this is real. There's Mersh's Discord account. And um, I think I just checked it and it just said that he was playing a video game right now. So, cool. Here's Mersh. And uh, during his show, I said... Hey, man, listen, I'm going to release that whole call, dummy. LOL. You're just lying. It's incredible. $50 a read. It's pathetic. The CEO is on the call saying he watched the porcelain episode and loved it. Meanwhile, Mersh is live on his show claiming that, uh, oh, Jesse doxed me and he did all these terrible things. He swatted me. Well, the guy has seen the show refuting that already. What I didn't expect was for Mersh to respond. Of course, he did it days later. <laughs> he did it today. And he did it 30 minutes before Revenge of the Sis is supposed to go live. Because of course he did. That's when he rolls out of his bed. <laughs> he says, dude, do you get some kind of sexual gratification from being repeatedly humiliated? Do you have a losing fetish? Now, it's no shock to anybody that Mersh's response to this is, of course, to say the most projecting thing of all time anyone has ever heard. So I chose to ignore that aspect of it, and I responded, look who just woke up. Now, because I was right all along about Mersh, the fucking... <sighs> accident monkey that he is rolling out of his bed of beer bottles and bones every day minutes before he's got to do his patreon only show he didn't take too kindly to that so he said to that yeah i can sleep in as late as i want i didn't <laughs> i'm a big boy now i can sleep in as late as i want Man, what a humble brag that is. I'm allowed to have a drink of milk before bedtime, too. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. He's actually going to flip that around on me. Yeah, I can sleep in as late as I want. I didn't have to go back to live near my parents. Now I live near my parents. <laughs> the story changes everything. The goalposts move. Mersh went out. He, he tried to go out for the football team in high school. You would think the reason he didn't get it was because his eyes were crossed. But no, he went out to the field. Everybody, they went, two, hut, hut, hut. You know, they did the whole huddle up thing. Whatever the fuck that is. I don't know, football. I'm doing a Mersh-style sports analogy here where I have no fucking clue how sports work. Mersh went out there, and everybody started running. They started scrambling for the ball. Mersh just ran for the goalposts, and he... it up and he moved it and he moved it all the way out of town in fact he moved it to the next town over and he went to that high school and he put the goalpost back down and he went to their av club and he said hey can any of you guys teach me how to use a projector <sighs> yeah i can sleep in as late as i want i didn't have to go back to live near my parents not an option for you by the way mersh 
to sponge off of them. <laughs> do you think do you think money works like video games where you pick it up by proximity? I don't have my mom texting me asking if I put in any applications today. Well, no, I'm sure that was Royce's job up until last year. That's how it works. You should try not being a self-immolating Dr. Pepper-drinking homosexual. Wow, one comment, and he hits two of the four jokes he's got on me. Goddamn, live near my parents and drinking Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and I love that too. Self, I need to explain to you how Mersh types. You have to go back to a time, it's called 2007. When a guy behind a keyboard thought, holy shit, wait until they read this. Mersh is serious business interneting. So when he says, you should try not being a self-immolating Dr. Pepper drinking homosexual, what's happening there is at self-immolating, he goes, okay, how do I say that he's melting down? But I can't say melting down because they say that about me. Oh shit, all right, the source of the mind self-immolating he high fives himself he does one of these Ka-tink. he's typing you know he's over there typing of course so he's like oh my god i cannot believe how well this is turning out i just thought of it self-immolating all right then he has to go back to the well immediately self-immolating was so good that he had to go all right what, what do I got after that? Um, nothing. All right. What have I said before? Uh, shit. Okay. Let's see. What's cool? Because he's the opposite of cool. What's cool? Drinking. So what does he drink? Dr. Pepper. And yeah, I do. And I'm gonna, while I enjoy the schadenfreude of your life. Mm. Cheers to being sponsor cucked. So then he throws in the Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper drinking. That is an insult. <laughs> if, you, if you took Dr. Pepper drinking out of the rest of the sentence and just presented it to, oh, I don't know, Dr. Pepper himself, he would go, what a fine advertisement that is. Ah, terrific. Someone is enjoying my brand. This is what I've always hoped for, of course. And then he, he realizes that. He's typing, so he realizes. Ah, shit. Dr. Pepper drinking isn't really anything. That's just word filler. I need to throw in something actually insulting in all of this. Uh, 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 homosexual. <laughs> Which technically, if you really want to talk about it, technically, of the two of us, Mersh, only one of us has confirmed had sex. I'm married. What? You've got a cat. <laughs> actually, that might actually, that, you know what? I don't want to make any assumptions, but that might be confirmation that Mersh has had sex too. I realized something while reading this, by the way. Something about Mersh's insults that finally hit me in a way that they hadn't hit me before. I'm going to come back to that in just a second. But here's how I responded to him. I said, it's funny you made up this living with parents thing after you had to dox your Section 8 apartment. You know lies aren't insulting, right? Shouldn't you be doing show prep for your A show? He loves those radio terms, man. 
And then I realized something. I've got an opportunity here. I've got a show tonight, and I've been looking for a clip from his show for some time. So I said, hey, look, while I've got one of your eyes, can you remember which Nightwave it was you said, these guys are never going to have sponsors? I want to use it in my intro tonight, but I can't sit through hours of yammering on about cat worms and beater repairs to find it. Unfortunately, Mersh somehow never got back to me on that one. But that, uh, that last comment there brings up the, the thing I finally realized in all of this. And what makes watching Mersh's mother of all cope streams from Monday night so pathetic, but so delicious, and why we're going to watch it tonight on the show. <sighs> when Mersh is coping, when he's in full tilt, he's blinded because this man takes the internet 100% seriously. Any tiny nick to his ego, his massively overinflated ego, and I am willing to say I think Mersh may have the biggest ego the internet has ever seen. I think that is the key to what makes him such a delicious law cow. The tiniest little thing will set him off. He's taking it serious. Mersh. As far as this sponsorship stuff goes, I was happy. The se- Listen, I, you said none of your haters could ever get sponsors. I won when I got an email back from CBDX.com saying, we'll take literally anyone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sign me up. Literally anyone? Literally. We're going to test that. I didn't even have to get a dollar. because. It ain't about the money. It's never been. Not for me. It is for you. Numbers are very, very important to you. That's why I know to hit you where it hurts the most. What will bruise Mersh's ego the hardest? What will leave him looking like the last apple in the fucking bushel? Well, obviously, the ego surrounding his money. It hurts him every single time. Every little embarrassment, that's when he finally comes up with something to make fun of me for. You got to remember, earlier this year, I was Voldemort to this man. He couldn't say my name. He wouldn't dare speak it. I was long hair man at best. We would always get a reaction out of him. You can't not get a reaction out of him. Try it. Try it yourself. You don't have to be me. I don't have a magical formula here. It's all merch. Anyone can do it if they just try. Earlier in the year, I lost my YouTube account and Mersh thought he was safe. And even at his safest, he wasn't at first mentioning my name. And then I came back and then I lost another YouTube account. And that's when he started feeling himself a little. And that's when they started doing their Patreon. And that's when he started thinking he was unbeatable. And that's when Pod Awful started rolling off of his dead teeth way more often. And in that short window of time between when Merch decided I'm no longer he who cannot be named, and now he's come up with about four or five lie insults about me. And the thing I had always missed is 
every single one of them can be tied back to a time I made fun of him for something similar. Let's start with the living with my parents thing, which is absurd on its face. I really shouldn't address it, so I'm not going to. Instead, I'm going to address where it came from. I never once heard him say this until after he was forced to dox his Section 8 apartment. It's so obvious. Mersh thought he'd finally made it at 37. At 37 years old, he thought, finally, I've done it. I'm a man. I have my own home. Sure, I don't pay for it. The government does. And it is the worst apartment anyone has ever seen. It truly looks like if your grandmother was sucked into some sort of David Lynchian void from which she can never escape, I'm not sure light can escape from there. That might be why that Chinese lamp ended up inside his studio. It can't get out. I think after that, when he had to give out his own address, in his head he starts panicking. Because he remembers, he has seen where I live. He's seen that I have two kitchens. He's seen the spectacular views I have. And then I built a brand new studio. And so he doesn't know where that is. Now, the answer's obvious. The moon. We're on the moon. If you haven't figured it out yet, this is a moon base. But in his head, he needed to start formulating a plan. How is Pot Awful getting a better brand new studio a win for me? And this is going to become a very big theme of tonight's program. You'll notice it quite a bit here. How is my L, my W? That's how Mersh's brain works on all of this. He doxes himself. We all see his apartment. We laugh. And thus, Jesse now lives with his parents. It's very simple. It's a formula. They're cyberbullying me to death. It's a very, very simple formula. What is the, one of the other ones? You tell me what the other things he says are. I, I can tell you one, and I know where it came from. He loves saying now, I've got a mail order bride. <laughs> oh, she's mail order. She's from a different country, so she's mail order. Sure. Okay. Now, does that mean Marie Lopez has a mail order husband? Because I'm pretty sure your buddy Rolando's from Cuba. So is that how that works? You wouldn't dare say it to Mike David, whose wife is from Canada. Would you? Oh, Mike, I hope you're doing okay. I Listen, man, I wouldn't wish the pain you're having on my worst enemy. Mike, I can't wait till you come. Listen, I, I, everybody else reported me to the police, but not Mike David. Where did it come from that I've got a mail-order bride? Well, people started doxing. <laughs> Mersh's ex-wife and his ex-girlfriend. wasn't me. I didn't do it. In fact, at that point, I had never even brought it up on the show because I wasn't sure it was real. I liked it. Seemed funny, but I wasn't sure it was real. And at some point, it, it became clearer and clearer to Mersh. Oh, this wife Jesse keeps talking about? She's real. 
Like the evidence is mounting on this one. It's piling up. It's impossible to ignore. And meanwhile, I got a cat. What have I been working on? A cat. I've been trying to get a cat. <laughs> I just steal it from the gas station. Boom. I know Jesse's got a mail order bride. No one could possibly love him. <laughs> it's, it's impossible. It's impossible. It just doesn't make sense to me. Mersh, the greatest guy. This is what he legitimately thinks inside his head. Mersh, I don't care if you make money. I'm the guy who sends you money. I spent an inordinate amount of money on making sure coleslaw shows up to your front door. You think I give a shit if you make some money off of me doing an ad read? Especially when I still make the same amount of money? I didn't care if I never actually got paid for the ad reads. But you want to know the brilliant part of it? I did. I got paid. And it was a lot. And it turns out I've got plenty of evidence that I'm actually willing to show that everything Mersh said on Monday night on the mother of all cope streams, Moax. Hashtag Moax. I'm telling you, I got everything to prove that everything he said is a complete fucking lie. The nice thing is, I don't have to tell anybody that because anybody who isn't an octogenarian scratching away in Mersh's chat room hoping to get noticed by a guy who all he's talking about all night long is what he had for dinner that day. I don't know. I don't actually know. I don't know what his show is when it's not pot awful fucking with him. I'm pretty sure it's like a a, a 40 something year old woman's diary. <laughs> and and I'm talking about when like a 40 year old woman is at her wits end in life. And she's gotten to that point where she's like, maybe I should be writing this stuff down. I could like write a book one day. <laughs> this is the guy where when he's typing, he thinks they're going to love this when they see it. What are some of the other ones he says about me? Did anybody say in the chat? Let me see. Mersh snorts his dead parents bones. So yeah, they're close. You know, the thing about the dead parent, the, uh, the me living with my parents thing is, let's say that was true ridiculous but let's say it's true i don't care you can say it's true mersh i'm a cartoon character you're the only one taking this seriously lighten up man it ain't serious when i send you those messages i didn't think you were going to respond i think of you as like not real <laughs> the fact that every time this hurts your real life is fascinating to me you had to go running to royce about all of this stuff and cry to him which means Rolando is guilty too. This is not just about Mersh. This is ROTC all around. This is all their orbiters. This is all their betas. But let's say I lived with my parents. I could live with my... If starting today I moved in with my parents, I could live with them for a year and a half and then move out into my own place and I still would have done it faster than you did in life. I, I'm not 38 years old. <laughs> you got off the couch last year, man. You have to get this through your head. You're behind. You're behind by every metric, every single one. And yes, that includes the numbers. 
because subscribers aren't real. You got to get over this idea. Unless every single subscriber you have is watching every single episode, and I've seen the live streams ain't getting the views they used to. Maybe it's because you're doing a little too much filler content, Mersh. The subscribers ain't real. People will hit subscribe, and then they'll just never unsubscribe. I've railed against this for years. No one ever vets their old subscriptions. They just leave them. Some people subscribed to you and never looked back. They never came back one time. They had no clue. They accidentally clicked one thing. You said something that they were already thinking. Some political take that you had heard on Tucker Carlson. And then they went, okay, this is how I think. Subscribe. And then they went back to watching Eyepatch Werewolf or whoever has a million subscribers. They completely forgot about you. Is there a guy called Eyepatch Werewolf? I don't know. Moax, hashtag Moax, they're saying in the chat room. <sighs> he says you've been doing this for over a decade and are still less successful than him. Listen, I, that, that is a lie of such a ridiculous proportion. I, I don't know how he measures success. We don't even have to get into that. I've done an entire stream about how to measure success, but we're kind, since I we're kind of touching on that right this second, let me just say, I made more money than you. I made more money than you on a single ad read, a single buy, than you had made in, in an entire month of reading ads for CBDX.com. And as a result of you contacting the sponsor and, ha and starting this little, th this, by the way, that's gay ops. So you call the police on me, that's gay ops. You call a sponsor on me, that is gay, gay ops. ops. Around these parts, we only pull straight ops, my friend. And as a result of your gay ops, they gave me more money. <laughs> I don't even know how it happened. I don't even know how it happened. Now, if you think for an instant it was ever my intention to start advertising a, a sponsor forever, a, a, the guy who rails against sponsors and ads, if you thought that I'd be doing for six months ads for this company, think again. I never told the guy I was doing that. That was just never on the table at all. I just needed it to go on for long enough for Mersh to get mad it turns out it took one, one, and I've got the email to prove it. And unlike you, Mersh, I don't have to hide it. I don't have to redact anything. I don't have to use a clearly fake screenshot that I set up before the show to try to prove some stupid point. You think I can't talk to the guy from CBDX and find out what happened? You think I didn't already do it? You think I don't know that he's just appeasing you because he's afraid he's going to lose one of the shows that he sponsors? Mersh, during the mother of all cope streams, showed a screenshot, said, whoa, this just came in. I just got $200 from the... <laughs> I just got... <laughs> $200 from the CBDX guy. 
And then he puts the screenshot. The only time he's ever shown a screenshot. He puts it on screen. And I'm going to show it to you tonight. And it says there, up in the corner, you're going to see this, two hours ago. Two hours ago. <laughs> it was supposedly had just come in. The show hadn't even been on for two hours at that point. You think we can't just figure out on our own that this is a setup? That the guy just said, here's 200 bucks, man. Just uh, listen, I'm sorry you had to deal with that. I didn't know he was going to go that hard on you. I, <laughs> I didn't know that I would be on tape saying, what if he made the promo code Mersh sucks? I didn't know that you would find out that was my idea. Here's $200. Nobody's impressed with you making whining, complaining Karen money. You rail against white women all the fucking time on your stupid little show. You always do it. And everyone's always laughing at you, not with you when you do. Because you are the Karen Supreme, the prime Karen. You're Karen to Miss Prime. When Karen gets the, when Karen has a bad experience, hell, she doesn't even have to have a bad experience. She could just claim she did at Starbucks. She will whine to the manager until they give her a $15 gift card. That $200 was your gift card, man. Enjoy your Starbucks latte, I guess. We all know where that $200 is going anyway. It's not, it's not like you got, by the way, $200, still exciting for you. You want to know the amount of money I got from the CBDX guy as a result of all of this? It's still more than you. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. The number is 376. Listen, these are the longest intros in the game, and there's a reason for it. Because it's the greatest content. I don't need sponsors. I've got the Pizza Fund, and this is a Pizza Fund-only episode. It's a $20 level episode, because welcome to World War Relapse! I'm fully in. I'm never getting clean. No amount of Delta Section 8 is ever going to get me off the Mersha Hall. I can't stop myself because you want to know something? War. War never changes. And I've got a few straight ops up my sleeve for this one. Let's go bully the internet. This is Pot Awful World War. Set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in your heart.
Support the show. Join the pizza fun. Potawful.pizza. Pizza, pizza. 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 This is this is the craziest part about Mersh claiming this is gay ops on on my part. I did not prevent you from making money. I didn't hurt your bank account. Your ego got hurt. Because I made a dollar more than you, potentially. And now he's sitting here actually saying, despite me going on the record with exactly how much money I made off of this, he has the nerve to claim that the amount of money I make is sad. Goofing on us and goofing on CBDX or whatever. So again, I'm totally out of the loop, whatever. Um, so Royce reaches out to the guy, right? And he's like, because... Like, we literally talked to this guy on the phone. Like, we have his number and shit. So Royce texts him, right? Same. Right? And he's like, are you really? Like, and by the way, when I talked to him, he said, you guys had never spoken to him before. It's in the recording. I just need to ask if you really are or not, because this guy's a history of just bullshitting. And everything that comes out of his mouth is a fucking lie. He's like, ah! <laughs> ah! Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Sorry, I got possessed there by, for a second by Mersh. He astral projected into my body. Yeah, you, did you really, like, sponsor the show or whatever? So he goes, they didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. They thought it was a lie. They were begging. They were praying. Is this not real? Please tell me this isn't real. He's not really sponsored by you guys. Well, you would know by listening to the episode because the guy that you supposedly talk to on the phone all the time is in it. And because the promo code works, you could have just tested it. Dude, fuck. He's like, I got this guy that works for me that looks for. And by the way, he's talking about like this happened over the weekend. This was Sunday night. There was very little time between Pod Awful and ROTC for all of this to go down. Very little. Which means someone, maybe it wasn't Mersh, maybe it was Rolando, but somebody was watching Pot Awful live and went into a full-scale panic and called the CEO of CBDX. Is this real? Does he actually have? Uh, are you guys really sponsoring him? And he was probably met with, yeah, it's funny. And then as the panic Continued and the unspooling continued going down. He couldn't help himself. Please, you can't do this. This man makes fun of us. And poor Arya, that poor sweet soul. He was sitting there giggling on the phone. I don't get it. I thought you guys were just, I thought it was a joke. It's the internet. Aren't, don't you guys know how jokes work? Don't you guys goof on things? Ha ha ha. And Royce is sitting there like, no, you don't understand. Pot awful is evil. Uh, okay, dude. Okay. <laughs> we'll give you $200. Does that make everything okay? I'm sorry. I didn't. We had no idea because how could we? We're grown. We're, we're full ass grown. I'm a grown ass, whole ass, 
full ass person. I've got an ass. It's full. It's grown. And it's hoe. And there's a hoe in the ass hoe. It's just occurring to me, though. I just realized in my sponsorship cucking, I made Royce and Mersh read my ad for me. This entire show, the mother of all cope streams, his whole idea is just my idea. Wait a second. You work for me getting money? That was my joke. How did I not even piece that together before? God damn, my brain is melting. I am borderline elderly. I gotta be honest with you. It's not going great. Go back and listen to the archives when I was sharp and young. Uh, and I had, I had a little hitch in my giddy up. All right, I wasn't going to address this because, well, to be honest, I think that my audience is smart enough to understand what fucking stock footage is or how dates work. I touched on this lightly in the full World War episode, but I'm going to tack this on to this free preview here because once you're in the world of free stuff on YouTube, you're having to deal with the 33%. And that, of course, is the 33% of any audience that is mercially retarded. They're just too autistic to get anything. You see, Mersh actually addressed this on his show last night after this World War episode, and I could not be happier to cover this little thing right here because for two reasons. Number one, Mersh has gotten into such a desperate situation when it comes to trying to find slam dunks on me, when it comes to trying to find a way to insult me at all, that he's actually stooped to using insults that he heard hipstar say. He's actually stooped to using things that Ian Ellis has said about me. And now, worst of all, he is playing on his show clips from Plant Woman, a YouTube account that posts about 40% about me and the rest about Mersh. They don't like Mersh either, but Mersh needs them to try to get one over on me. The second reason I'm excited to do this is because I get to talk about graphic design and how my thinking on things works. Mersh, thanks for the opportunity. I was never going to do it, but here we go can't tell me anything after seeing this. I understand. Okay, Happy World Daddy, which is Sam Hyde's Gumroad show. Okay, so here we go. I copied Sam Hyde. Now, it will look like that, maybe to some of you, because what they decided to do was put Sam Hyde's thing before mine. See, and then your mind, you go, oh, well, he must have made it first. Which, by the way, Looks very much and sounds very much like MDE. Except that Sam Hyde doesn't create these graphics for Happy World Daddy. He pays other guys to do it. You'd know that because he actually tags them in the credits. Because it's Sam's thing. <laughs> right. Mersh knows. Sam and Andrew Ruse and those guys. Oh, see, he throws in another name, so that makes you think that he knows what he's talking about. Andrew Ruse has nothing to do with Sam's projects now. You're talking about a guy who directed their show and they have not partnered up since. I created an aesthetic and created a vibe for a show. And this is going to be good. Sam still uses that. Watch this. It's, he's borrowing from MDE, which is at least his show. <laughs> there we go. All right. All right. Now, so far, I'm not really seeing it here, but okay. Ah, yes. 
the old advertisements. Cool. Cool tune, by the way. Now I'm going to come back to the tune. I want to address a few things in this one because it's very funny to me. Let's go ahead and ignore the fact, because you have to. You have to ignore the obvious when you're dealing with the 33%. Let's ignore the fact that this is literally an ad for no ads. So what would you use in an ad for no ads other than ads? And I've always loved these little comic book ads. I've actually used to buy these things, the whoopee cushion, the x-ray specs, all that kind of stuff. Loved it since I was a kid, and I can actually prove that. Here's the problem, is a guy like Plant Woman probably wouldn't know that creating graphics like this sometimes is a months-long process. That the first time you see it isn't necessarily the first time it existed. The other problem we're running into here is, of course, that my YouTube channel was taken down, and so whatever date he's put under this, which Mersh has conveniently covered up, with the stupid graphics on his own screen here, but I think he claimed that the uh, Happy World Daddy Sam Hyde graphic existed in September of 2019 or something like that, or was it August? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter because he's claiming that mine started at the beginning of Season Infinity. Now, this is an ad for Season Infinity, but I'm reappropriating an ad for the pizza fund that I'd been making for months that I'd already used before, but he doesn't know that. Now, I know what you're going to say here, Jesse. Well, prove it. I'd love to. So that image in the ad is from a Photoshop file, and here it is, by the way. So here's the original Photoshop file used for that ad, dated May 19th, 2019. Now, isn't that interesting? Now, I know what you're thinking. Jesse, how do we know you didn't Photoshop that image right there? Well, here's something I can't Photoshop. I made a shirt, and it was a very popular design, actually, in our store. It was called the Dark Future T-shirt. What a great name, by the way. And the whole idea behind the shirt was it included a bunch of the Dark Future-related graphics I use on the show. If you look here, you can actually see designs in there from other videos that this guy is going to claim are stolen as well, including the spinning head, um, dark future graphic, the goon face graphic, the girl getting her eyeballs scanned, the Nassim stuff. But if you look closely right here, there's the comic book ads hidden inside the flame on the globe. There's a comic book ad right there, the x-ray specs. Here's one right here, the imitation vomit that I animated in the final design. Here's one too, beat up big bullies. Now, that one may be the most apropos of all of these, but let's focus in on the spy pen radio here for a second because I've been doing some spying of my own. You see, this shirt was released in July of 2019, predating the Sam Hyde video by months. You know what else predates it? My own viewers wearing the t-shirt because the shirt was on people's bodies as early as August 14th, 2019, according to this live Instagram photo of my good friend Ryan Katsu Rivera wearing the shirt. We've got another one here. Oh, that's a great photo. Look at all of these. Oh, people love this shirt. And there's the comic book ads 
right there with all the other graphics I use on the show on the shirt. Now, I find it very funny that these guys are going to talk to me about graphic design and what's copied and what's not in an ocean of graphic design that I make for this show. These guys point out three things that are <laughs> that they believe to be copied. And of course, most of those things are stock footage. Oh, I see this one right here actually. You know, pretty soon they're going to say, "You know, Pot Awful copied Seinfeld." Listen, don't tell them anything. But I don't need to show Mersh this t-shirt on Instagram for him to know that these graphics right here existed well before. Because, well, you know what? I'll just play a video for you. Here's an episode of Revenge of the Sis. And if you look here at the date, it's July 30th, 2019. Let's take a look and you tell me if you see what I see. Comes to finding love. She's Elizabeth Hold, and she has endured four... First of all, China, China. Now, wait a second. Am I noticing my own face on Mersh's shirt here? Hang on. Oh, <laughs> oh that's right. <laughs> you know who the third person to ever purchase the Dark Future t-shirt is? Yeah, it was Mike Scheel, a.k.a. Mersh Comedy. And here's the proof. His order form from July 20th, 2019. He's been wearing these graphics for longer than Sam Hyde's show existed. Of course, Mersh promptly burned that t-shirt after I started making fun of him, but it doesn't end there. Now, this is a fun part here. Uh, this, is, this is a part that almost confuses me the most, really. Cool tune, by the way, says the video Mersh is using from his own hater. Cool tune, by the way. Wow. Okay. Now, I had no clue. If I had known, even for an instant, that Sam Hyde invented screaming in songs the way that Red Bar invented clapping, I obviously never would have used that song. Now, there's just one problem. Do you think I know how to make music? Because let's take a look at where this song comes from and why it's on my computer. I have an entire file of graphics that I go back to. I've been using it for years. I add to it all the time. But many of the graphics have existed on my computer for nearly a decade at this point. The same thing is true for music. I don't know how to make music. And for one video of Pod Awful, I went out to the Jewish neighborhoods of Brooklyn and sort of made fun of them, pretended like it was a hipster neighborhood. And in that video, I mentioned the band Death Grips for two seconds. Williamsburg. And so right here, we've got a poster for the Death Grips. They're gonna be there with Yola Tango, right there inside Brooklyn Tattoo. So that is the first appearance I ever had of that song in the show because I needed it for Death Grips purposes. I don't know what Death Grips sounds like, by the way. I've never listened to the band. I typed into YouTube, Death Grips style beat. And here's what I found. From August 24th, 2017, Be Still, Death Grips, XXX, Tentacion type beat. <laughs> Thank you.
I love, by the way, that this says IQ beats, something that you couldn't possibly have if you believe any of this stuff. But listen, I'm not mercially retarded. I don't know how your brains work, so maybe you just need the visual aids. Maybe you don't get it. Now, did that guy copy Sam Hyde? Maybe. I don't know. I just stole his music for a Death Grips joke. Here's the information on the Williamsburg video. And would you look at that? It was created May 29th, days after I first made those comic book ad graphics. I wonder how that song ended up in that graphic. Maybe it's because in May of 2019, that video was first being created. I don't know anything about music. I use what I've got available to me. If you listen cl- <laughs> if you listen carefully enough, you'll hear me using the same songs over and over and over again. I'm I just don't know anything about music. What can I tell you? One thing I didn't see Mersh even claim because even Mersh is not this stupid. The guy who made the original video claimed that I copied skeletons from Sam Hyde. Sam Hyde invented skeletons. Sorry, I got to play this one more time. Look at this. You can't tell me anything after seeing this. So you see these skeletons here? So those skeletons there are from the exact same ad. Now watch this. This is fun. Here is the intro to the show Cringe vs. Cringe, which began in 2016. And will you notice our old friend returning here. Oh, look at that. Look who it is. It's Mr. Skellington. Oh, and he's joined by friends. More Skellingtons. It's the exact same Skellington that I used in the comic book ad. There he is. Listen, all this is exposing is how lazy I am about downloading new graphics. Let's take a look at when the cringe versus cringe video was first created. And I hate doing this because I'm starting to worry that maybe it's going to look like somebody was copying me. But here we go. August 10th of 2016. So Sam's video came out in 2019. Mine used that skeleton graphic in 2016. According to the logic of Mersh's hater... (laughs) I'm getting copied again. I can't escape it. Now, if it wasn't bad enough that Mersh is wearing these graphics on his own body, here's the part where Mersh pretends he's stupid enough to not know what stock footage is. Of course, the (laughs) picture of me is covering up some of the graphics happening here that might give you some clue as to what this is all about. Oh my god, wait, I just realized something. Did you just realize that this is stock footage and you're a retard? Because you're right. I can't help you if you don't know what stock footage is, but I'd like to show you. Let me just introduce you to a website called Pond5.com. It's not the one that I subscribe to for my stock footage. I I pay a different service for it. 
As you can see here, rotating wireframe heads are kind of all the rage when it comes to biometrics in the stock footage community. Why is that? Well, because sci-fi is bereft of ideas. And when you have a show that's about the dark future, you may be dipping into that well yourself a few times. Listen, I've been very clear about the inspiration for my studio on this show. And it's, of course, the movie Johnny Mnemonic. It's the classic cyberpunk look, the digital punk, the cypher punk look of things. I have stolen plenty for this show. But most of it is from the movie Johnny Mnemonic. Wireframe spinning heads are not a new idea. Here's Johnny. Oh, look at that. A spinning head with information on the side about the guy whose head is being scanned. I've never seen a science fiction film before. I've never seen this exact same thing happen in hundreds of media that predate not just Pot Awful, not just Sam Hyde, but everything. I bet you if you open up an Isaac Asimov book, you'd probably see a page where the entire page is describing the idea of a screen showing a rotating wireframe head on it. Oh, but Keanu is fine. Luckily, Keanu is fine after all of that. And if you don't believe me, here's the screen that plays over my shoulder all the time and has for the entire time of Season Infinity and Season Dark Future of Pod Awful. And take a look at the background screens here. They're lifted directly out of the movie Johnny Mnemonic, it says Pharmacom on them, which is the bad guy of the movie. It gets worse than that, though. You want to see where I really stole some shit? At least I edited this one. These shots right here, the satellite dish and the satellite, well, <laughs> that's Johnny Mnemonic right there. But I don't have to explain tropes to you guys. I only need to explain it to Mersh and the 33%. They just don't get it. That rotating head graphic, though, is maybe one of my favorite assets because I've had it for about 10 years, stole it right off of YouTube, and here's the original video. You can't find it anywhere else. This is the only place it exists, and as you can see, the spinning head graphic just had its 11th birthday. Congratulations, spinning head graphic. You've existed longer then Million Dollar Extreme from November 9th of 2010. Here you go. A bald man's head spinning. Thank you. I've gotten so much use out of you. So 07 soldier. Now, I believe Mersh willfully doesn't understand stock footage, but just to drive the point home to him a little bit, I did some more searching on Pond5, that stock footage website, and I just happened to come across this image right here of a helicopter, a black helicopter on a green background and wouldn't you know it if you go to the graphics from sam hyde's world piece here oh look at that wait a second sam you're copying no sam don't tell me you can't be copying can you you can't be copying this stock footage that was released in i don't know probably fucking 2003 Terrific. And the other science fiction trope that goes right along with scanning someone's head, which features, again, in Johnny Mnemonic about a million times, is scanning people's eyeballs 
And wouldn't you know it, Mersh has a problem with that one too. Now, I don't know if you caught that in there, but at the at the very end of that clip from the original World Peace show, it says, I want to be a graphic designer like my mom. Now, there's two jokes going on there, by the way, the original joke from the sketch itself, but also the fact that that is being said underneath one of the most common stock footage assets to ever exist. Now, here's my version of it scanning an Asian woman's eyeball and making sure she has an epicanthic fold to access Facebook. Which might be its own idea right there. Who knows? Minority detected access granted. Make sure you cut that part off as quickly as possible. Oh, look! It's a graphic I used from the Cringe vs. Cringe intro as well. So he said I copied an eyeball being scanned from Sam Hyde. And so I had to explain to this guy, how do I defend it? Have you ever heard of stock footage? And then I typed stock footage eye scan into Google Images. And as you can see here, this is awesome. I didn't even realize it was this prevalent. I just thought it's like an old sci-fi trope. You get your eyeball scanned. It's, it's biometrics, right? This is the future. It's the Dark, dark, dark future. future. You might have noticed it's been a theme of the show for some time. And here's all the fucking results of it. Now, which one of these is the one I used? Which one of them is the one Sam Hyde used? Which one of them is the one that um the Terminator movie used? And who did it first? I don't know. Here, by the way, here's biometrics. You wanna you wanna see biometrics? Oh, look at that. A bunch of scanned eyeballs. And also. Here's some of the assets they didn't point out as being stolen that I use on the show. Scanning people in a crowd. You see that over my shoulder all the time. The fingerprints, the scanning people's bodies, people's skeletons being shown through their bodies, all of that kind of stuff. But the most common asset ever is somebody's eyeball getting scanned. It is Science Fiction 101. I typed in scanning eye scan and it still brought up a spinning wireframe head. You can't avoid these things. I don't mind. You can say all day that I stole these designs, whatever you want. But at the very least, point out that it wasn't an original one to begin with. God's sake. Dude, that is unbelievably fucking copied. Wow. You're right, Mersh. It's unbelievable the amount of copying that went on the problem is it wasn't on my part because you want to look at some dates i got some dates for you here is october of 2019 episode two of season infinity of pot awful and here's what the studio looked like at the time and there you go there's the scanning people and cars in the background on the tvs our goon. At this point in time, in October of 2019, Sam Hyde not only didn't have a podcast, he thought podcasts were a bad idea. He kept telling the people who kept begging him to do one, no. Then, a year later, a little over, in November of 2020, Sam Hyde came out with a podcast, and here's one of the first images from it, called Perfect Guy Life. Yeah, that studio does look awfully familiar, but... Don't let me tell you that. 
Let Sam Hyde's producer, Jesse Yellen, tell you that. God, man. Oh, uh, Jesse, can you scroll down? Oh, perfect. I'm thinking about all the white guys. Let's play that right there. Oh, Jesse, can you scroll down? And then you hear this guy talking. So let's talk about Jesse. Hey, Jesse. Yeah. Hey, this is Jesse from Pot Awful. How are you? Oh, Jesse from Pot Awful? Yeah, man. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm good. How are you, man? I'm great. Um, I, I had your phone number. You gave me your phone number when you contacted me about being part of that project a while ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Sam Hyde's podcast has just come out at this point. But a while before that, this dude, Jesse, had contacted me about being part of a project, by the way, also involving Sam Hyde. It was some book they were making. Yeah, yeah. I just forgot. I've, it's been, I've been so busy with that and uh, moving states and just doing so much recently. Um, so you're like producing Sam Hyde's podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. What, is exa- what exactly does that entail? Like being the producer, what do you do exactly? Um, I mean, like uh, I helped come up with – we just did everything. We did set design. We did uh, doing editing. Uh, stuff like that. Oh, so. cool. Does he? Do is that like your place where you guys shoot that, or? No, we have a studio for it. Oh, okay, I got you. And you like? Because yeah, I love the set. I got to be honest, I do love it. But I love it because it looks a lot like what I was going for for my set, and I was actually still building. Yeah. It. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that. It is funny I say that. It's so funny that I say that. What a strange thing, but Mersh, listen, I can talk copying all day long with you. I really can. In fact, let's talk about some copying right now. Information from Twitter. And now I get all my medical information from Twitter because I'm getting into the new age now. So now I don't even go to the doctor. And I just sign on Twitter once a day and I'm like, hey guys, I've been coughing a lot. Do I have AIDS? Answer me in 140 characters or less. <laughs> I've had four AIDS tests in my day. The AIDS test is very scary to get. It doesn't matter what you've been doing. Waiting for the results is frightening. So I don't get the regular AIDS tests anymore. I get the roundabout AIDS tests. I call my friend Brian. I say, Brian, do you know anybody who has AIDS? No? Cool. Listen, Mersh, we expect you to copy people's jokes. You do it all the time on your show, Opiate and Anthony. What we don't expect is for you to copy their cadence while you do it. Medical information from Twitter is getting into the new age now. I mean, when a man's accent completely changes just because he's doing another guy's joke. So now I don't even go to the doctor. Now I just sign on to the doctor. Now I don't even go to the doctor. Once a day and I'm like, hey guys, I've been coughing a lot. Do I have AIDS? I've been coughing a lot. Do I have AIDS? Answer me in 140 characters or less. I used to do A's. I still do, but I used to too. That's a problem, Mersh. You've been copying everything. Your entire show is a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. It's a copy of Opiate and Anthony, who's a copy of Howard Stern, who's a copy of that guy who did the Disco Inferno thing, who's probably a copy of something else. And you're sitting there and you think, no, man, I'm different. I'm Anthony. You're not. You've always been Opie. Because if we go back and we look at the very episode where Mersh was wearing my t-shirt, 
with these exact graphics on it, you can see Mersh doing a little bit of copying himself right at the beginning of the show. A little shout out to a come town classic. And we're blood and we're family. And family and blood. This is, we are not in, <laughs> guys, let's get something straight here because I just, again, 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 every day, people just keep doing the same thing I tell them not to do. Uh, we are not in Lacosa Nostra together, okay? This thing of ours is this thing of me and Royce's. Yeah. Yeah, we got uh, our own thing going on. <laughs> yeah, this thing of ours. This thing of ours. So, uh, circumventing actual in-person doctors that won't give us dick to. Um, ah, yes. This thing of ours. Podcasting. It's something that isn't exactly this thing of ours. But hey, the next thing you're going to tell me is you helped Nick Mullen build his studio. I'm sure. Concept there, Mike. Just funny. It's just, you know what? To me, is is one of the most important things. Like, this is something that has stuck with me my entire life. It's something I've literally built the foundation of who I am around, and it's the scene in one of my favorite movies of all time, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, when he slips out of the fucking handcuffs, and he's like, "Wait, you could have done that this whole time," and he went, "No, only when it was funny." Yeah, and that's. To me, a philosophy I've always lived by. You know, my favorite dead. movie of all time is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And mm-hmm. yeah. Roger Rabbit is chained to Eddie Valiant. They're handcuffed together for about mm-hmm. an hour. Yeah. And then they're in that back room in the bar. And uh, Eddie, think- finally, Eddie finds a hacksaw and he starts hacking through the handcuffs. And while he's doing that, Roger Rabbit just slips out of the handcuffs and he like starts watching him. Oh, yeah. And Eddie says, you mean to tell me you could have taken those off at any time? And he goes, no, only when it was funny. And <laughs> I sort of live by that code. <laughs> that oh, anything yeah. can be justified if it's funny. See, the video uh, syncs that Nick Mullen said this. I heard Nick Mullen say that on Comptown once, and I'm like, oh, my God. I've always said, I've literally, yeah. I think I said that like three or four years ago on this very show, the same exact thing. You can say something and have it just fall flat. There's another time and place where you can say the same thing verbatim and it will kill the room. There's sometimes, like, there's just funny. Some people have an instinct for funny, and that's it. That's the bottom line. And I can't think that we're even the same two that ever had that thought. But that's like something I think a lot of funny people look at and go, that is an important tenet right there. It's something I've literally built the foundation of who I am around. Uh, I think. The amount of jealousy that was oozing out of that little worm when he was doing that show was kind of, it kind of wasn't funny, you know, objectively, objectively. He's saying objectively that my parody of their show wasn't objectively outside of the realm of opinion. That show wasn't funny objectively God, uh, that's even better yeah he's claiming it's objective <laughs> <laughs> but there's like there's like a scientific like, unit of fact. measurement yeah it's not that he's petty and yeah. anyone who annoys him a little bit he goes way too hard at them people strike up friendships within the fandom which is great when the um, family this is not some fucking Elite paramilitary organization where no Black man, is, Water, we're where Black no Water. man is left behind. 
nigga, I don't know you. You know what I mean? There's too many people lately that act like they know I'm me. I'm just thinking of us as an elite military, paramilitary group. I, I don't, oh, fuck. It's, it's, I'm, I'm tired, man. Are you not? Of course I'm tired. I get it, man. It, every, every day it's something. Even on the weekends, it's always something. And then you're like, hey, guys, please, like, less of this. Yep, it's always something. Even on the weekends, it's always something. See you on the weekend. I appreciate it. Uh, I'll be getting... And by the way, dude, negotiate next time. I mean... By the way, dude... Hang on a second. I'm going to lose it. By the way, dude, negotiate next time. All I want is to make $1 more um, on every ad than ROTC. Okay, just we'll a it. single we'll do do whatever no I what are they making 50 bro they don't charge a lot though I don't know if you're gonna we pay them we pay them $50 per read they charge us only $50 a read though. that's it but well, yeah but but they do we're I mean they do more than this but technically we ask them to do two reads per episode oh but, I see. bro we'll do better than that so we'll easily beat what we paid them that's no problem okay yeah, that's all i want that, i mean we'll, honestly we'll that's go, all i want we'll go well past that. all right how about this how about this i got a thing with mersh from a while back where um yeah and i like mersh like he, he thinks i you know he he thinks i'm mean to him yeah. but I, I i just like teasing <laughs> he i sent him 376 dollars one time and okay. and it was like this whole thing and he claimed like i i don't even know how to say it all it's like too much to explain yeah. <laughs> if I could just somehow get three hundred and seventy-six dollars, that would be. Oh, I I send you that right now. Just give me your PayPal. I'll send you <laughs> okay. Hundred is literally zero problem. Okay. But but we'll 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 bump it up past that so that you guys can say. And by the way, we do get a few dollars more. For yeah, that was <laughs> that was funny. all I was hoping for. That was really all I was hoping for. I didn't realize they asked for so little. I mean, it was crazy. But yeah. Fuck, dude! The amount of money you're getting paid is bullshit. I mean, bullshit. So what is it? How? What's the amount? Why wouldn't you just tell it? I told the amount you're making on the show. Why wouldn't you just say it? Say it. If it's embarrassing, you would say it. I was told you make fifty dollars a read. To me, that is highly embarrassing. He's just doing the show I did, but worse, and it's lies. <laughs> the mother. Of all cope streams. Sorry, nigga. This content right here is pizza fun only. Hot apple not pizza. This shit is beefer. Hot apple not pizza. We got shooters in these streets. 